Don't Feed After Midnight. I'm Steve. And I'm Mike. And we're going to talk some movie trailers and comic books, which is not that abnormal for us, actually. Oh, it's definitely in our realm. All right, let's talk about this Deadpool trailer that came out. We have to excuse the background noise. We're recording on site someplace, so it's a little, uh, maybe some background noise here and there, but it makes it more fun. <laughs> makes it more real. We're real people. Uh, um, this Deadpool trailer, you had mentioned you saw the guy, uh, you read a story about the guy, had the, the prop gun that they gave the guy that plays Cable was 70 pounds. Yeah, Josh Brolin was uh, with the, he was with the creator of the movie, like the guy that like is the main one driving it. And uh, the dude was like, uh, hey, what's up? And Josh is like, like sweating over this 70-pound prop assault rifle from the future. And he's like, he's like, here, you want to hold it? <laughs> and the dude's like, sure. He's like, be prepared. This thing's heavy. And the dude grabs it, and he's just like, clunk, clunk. And he's just like, he's like, oh, my God. And he's like, yeah, I got to walk up hills with this thing. <laughs> That's crazy. Nuts. <clears throat> that's insane. That's a that's a big. That's a prop beast guy. of a prop. I mean. And then we look. You see a quick shot of his team members in the back. You notice Negasonic wasn't when they opened the uh, the the plane. Yeah. You know, Negasonic wasn't there. At least you didn't see her. But well, yeah. there was a lot lots of random people. Yeah, it was like four people there, and the only one that was really identified mm-hmm. was Domino, and that's because we knew she was going to be in the movie for so mm-hmm. long. Um, but then you got Terry Crews on. Deadpool's other side. No, no, I, I, I would hope he would be Bishop, but Bishop was never really one of like Deadpool's. Like, like I don't even know if they came into contact that much. See, that's why I think it's gonna be an <clears throat> X Force tie-in type movie. That would make sense because that's something that Brian Reynolds is like voice that he wants to be the one to do it, and like the whole like one of the whole stories behind the X Force is dude from future comes in wants to prevent a war the the x-force literally makes it their job to prevent that war yeah and it's true it makes it makes sense that a previous member bishop would be in this movie for that purpose because i don't see any other reason to have bishop in a movie that's you know true I mean? that's true like unless it was an x-men movie i mean but Bishop isn't quite as well known a character, either yeah. As somebody, I mean, he's, he was around for a very long time. He's always been in the periphery since his, his debut, but yeah. I mean, his powers of energy absorption are a little different. You know, he, yeah. like you know, Cyclops could shoot him, and he would just suck up the energy and shoot it out of his hands. I mean, and he can do the same thing with electricity. I guess I've seen like in the comic book, shove his hand in a wall, you know, grab out electrical wire and like redirect the energy. But um. So that was kind of different. I'm looking forward to it either way. Yeah. And plus I'll have super strength, which makes sense oh, yes. for Terry Crews. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that dude just looks like strength. He's got super strength. That dude is the Terry embodiment Cruz, of strength. He has the super strength. Now, it, there's... It's insane. <laughs> there's the two people behind him, though, and I, you, you don't even get a good look at him. So you have no idea who it could be. Yeah, it could be anybody. And it's Truthfully. like... Yeah, it just looks really... Uh, looks ambiguous with them two people in the back but I mean I'm excited to see what they do with this one because I read that uh, the the guy that wrote it said that like the first movie if it were to compare to anything it would be like the first alien movie mm-hmm. where it's you know it's all story and then you get this crazy moment and you're like this is so cool and it's a masterpiece action is just railed to the fucking edge it's just non-stop like 
like boom, 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 yeah. boom. So that that's how this movie's gonna play out, like pure action. And I'm actually so down for that because we already got Deadpool's story. Oh, exactly. And you don't really need much more beyond he had cancer, he wanted to get rid of it, and he activated his mutation. That's all you need. And now he's just, you know, Merc with a mouth. That's true. It'll be a lot, I don't know, a lot different. I mean, I'm excited to see Brianna Hildebrand back as Negasonic Teenage Warrior. I love Brianna She was hilarious She's in the first awesome. one. She's awesome. She's so freaking, her straight edge, like, she keep her straight face like that with Reynolds in front of you. I mean, that's nuts. And her acting ability is pretty damn impressive, too. I love seeing them bloopers, too, in the first movie. Like, <clears throat> where they just die laughing because they held it in for, like, a straight, oh, yeah. like, oh, yeah. hour. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, her and I, I follow her and a couple other random actors on Instagram every now and then, and her, the stuff she posts is hilarious. Her oh. and her girlfriend are just hilarious. Yeah. Her girlfriend always wears a cowboy hat. It makes me laugh. I'm like, that's <laughs> awesome. Nothing wrong with cowboy hats. Cowboy hats are cool. Let's talk, let's talk about this Venom trailer. I wrote down I have a little synopsis of our, uh, our uh, what we we're going to cover here, little bullet points on our uh, podcast. And for the Venom trailer, I just put nothing. Just headshot of a guy trying to poop. Because that's all I that's all I remember. Is just a shot of him yeah, going. I mean, because that was it. I mean, really, that's <clears throat> the only memorable thing like they did with it. I feel like it was a. I feel like it was a waste of a tease. Oh, yeah. It was totally... Because they didn't show anything. They should have showed... It. That could have been a goddamn trailer for St. Elsewhere from 1985. Okay? It, it made it no sense. It should have been, like, a, like a five-second shot of Venom, like, mm-hmm. in suit and everything. That's all we needed. Oh, yeah. But we... What did we get? Like, a minute and something long trailer with just... Tom Hardy talking about how accidents happen and sometimes them accidents change you and, yeah, it's so and then like it was so hokey and like why but I mean I, I don't I'm, I'm not gonna judge the movie until I see what well, Venom yeah. looks like yeah I just don't like but that is the reveal. worst marketing strategy I've it was ever bad. seen it, it was, was bad why like why would you that's what people want to see <clears> they want to yeah like, they want to see Venom and but by, by holding back the vision. If, if they introduced it now, they give a shot of it or something like that. You know, just, just even just a back shot of him just standing there with a gun in his hand or something. You know, that'd be oh, cool. That'd be so cool. You know, that's all they had to do. Just have him turn toward the camera. You had one job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You had one job. You know, it's just. It's just I mean, I don't. Yeah, like I don't think that movie's gonna <clears throat> necessarily suffer because of trailers. I think the people that are gonna go see it are the people that are gonna go see it. It's R-rated mm-hmm. for God's sake, so it's yeah, gonna be all adults going to see it. Yeah. Um, but like, no, they 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 just royally messed up by not doing that first trailer. They need to show it. Yeah. Then you get the solo trailer came out, and that was epic. Both both you of know. the ads like being totally different from each other, totally beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like Jeff Pennington from uh, M Class Podcast mm-hmm. and Writer. Uh, he's a, he does a uh, another podcast, um, Writer Club. Writer Club. I know. I for, sorry, Jeff. I forgot. <laughs> um, uh, he mentioned that. Well, he had, he made a tweet basically, and uh, he basically said that the way he parsed the tweet out, it uh-huh. looked like he was saying "dong lover, dong lover," and I didn't realize that Donald Glover's original Twitter name was Don Glover. But the way it looked out, yeah. the way it was written, it looked like "dong lover," uh-huh. and I'd lost it. I was right, you know. <laughs> He looks great as Lando, though. Oh, yeah, dude. I cannot wait. Um, 
cannot wait to see him. I absolutely cannot wait to see him. He looks up. so And good. the Falcon, you've been going on about the Falcon's front end. Yeah, well, because it's longer, it's like pointier, and it it doesn't have that traditional magnet hook front end that we're used to, where it's got like the two distinct points to it, and then that space in the middle. But like, you know, they they came out about it. They were like, well, it, back in this time, it was Lando's ship. And Lando was just the dude that liked to make things look flashy and make things look a certain way. Mm-hmm. Han was the one that took the Falcon and modified it. So, like, whereas Lando probably bought it straight out the box and, like, and then just added his little, his little pimp customizations to it. Like, Han was the one that was like, I gotta go fast, I gotta kill, I gotta go fast, I gotta kill. Mm-hmm. And, like, Lando's just like, Not, you don't need that, we're styling. Yeah, I can't wait to see what. It is. And I guess that's why the Falcon on the inside, like this, is so it looks opulent. so shiny. Yeah, it's so clean, clean, crispy. It's Lando. Lando yeah. likes yachts. He likes fancy things. So yeah, that's something they, they said they wanted to stretch because he's like he's in them younger years, and they wanted to explain how he got to the point he is mm-hmm. in Cloud City, where he's just the the dude running the gas the gas mining uh, operation. Yeah. So even like, then, everything was really clean, except yeah. for the Ugnats, where there's a little sloppy. Like he's mining gas on the <laughs> on the largest planet in however far. And oh, the gas giant, yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah, Bespin is like one of the largest planets in the galaxy. This is pure. It, it, it doesn't have a core either, does it? Because I, I remember, don't think so. In some of the expanded universe, uh, I think they launched like they they hid the sun crusher in there or something, uh-huh. and it was like it didn't get crushed by the. I wonder if any of that remained canon in any way. That'd be fun. I mean, I, I would like to see the Sun Crusher as a weapon by the First Order. It'd be fun to have them insert some of those crazy, like, world devastators or something yeah. fun in there. You know, it was just, like, this way well, out yeah, there. typical... because we're tired of... Over the top. We're tired of <laughs> planet weapons. Mm-hmm. We've seen too many of it. I've had enough. We, we've had, I've had enough. We've had, had me? two Death Stars <laughs> and a, a planet Death Star. It's pretty bad. I want to I mention if Jeff Pennington has a... Uh, um, he does a podcast called M Class Podcast, and his other podcast is uh, Rider Club Radio. It's at Rider Club Radio. It's about Kamen Rider, uh, that really funky, cool uh, TV series from Japan that they kind of dubbed sometimes badly. <laughs> but Jeff is an incredible artist, so I feel bad I, I, I flubbed his uh, his other podcast. But Kamen Rider, Kamen Rider is pretty sweet. Kamen, I probably not saying it right. I really should watch that show because it looks awesome. Uh-huh. Jeff is a really good guy. You know, Jeff, Jeff and Josh Henderson do uh, M Class podcast. And mm-hmm. That's you know, they're good guys. Yeah, but Jeff, Jeff is also a very good artist who takes commissions. So if you you know if you want some commission work, it's underscore Jeff Pennington on Twitter at underscore Jeff Pennington. Jeff's really really good. So, so yeah. do anyway, it. <laughs> do it. Do help a brother out. He doesn't need your charity, but he likes doing doodles. And if you want to pay him to do doodles for you, he'll do. <laughs> he'll doodle you. That's not nice. He's a married man. That's oh. true. Uh, <laughs> he's not. Josh, maybe. Josh, you know. Oh, that's so hot. For a nominal fee. I'm just assuming. Um, let's, talk about, let's talk about comics. Let's talk about comics now. We've got, I read 28 Days Later. Yeah. It's like, I, it's, yeah, it's not, not, based, not based on the movie, but it's, um, uh, it's like, well, it's after, it's after the second movie, and it picks up with uh, um, that African... Uh, British African chick from the first movie. I forget what her name is. And the other, like the little girl from the first movie, has been sent to um, some kind of care facility in Germany, like foster care. 
the guy was originally going to be put up against the wall and executed, I guess, for um, for his part in killing the soldiers in the first movie, even mm-hmm. though they were just trying to escape the Worsley house or whatever. It's, you know, toward the end when they get captured and right. all those soldiers are going to, like, you know, but he got away. Mm-hmm. But then they all got split up, basically. So this girl gets uh, contracted by this journalist and his team to go back into London because he wants to do a news story because there's no news getting out, apparently. Like, the U.S. government uh. and the other governments of the world have quarantined Britain, and anybody that tries to leave is shot and killed. They're just, they just they kill them. Um, and it's like a scorched earth mentality, but they're not... They're, they're doing experiments on them. It's kind of revealed in the comics. Uh, spoilers, by the way. Spoilers, yeah. Spoiler city. Um, that the government's trying to experiment. That's where the disease came from. They were trying to make a super soldier serum, and they released it in the population and drove people crazy. That's so fucked. It's dumb. I mean, it had it good art, uh-huh. um, but it was really lax storytelling, and the plots, like the plot turns, were really unbelievable. Yeah. You know, I mean, they had a plot, that, like, you know, a little side plot that went on for, like, legitimately, like, ten issues, and they literally took care of it in two panels. Oh, my God. It was God. stupid. It was really dumb. Um, <laughs> I also read, uh, because you recommended it, Batman White Knight. Yeah. Where the Joker, um, Batman shoves a bunch of pills down the Joker's throat, and all of a sudden the Joker gets becomes sane. Yeah, like he overdoses <clears> him <throat> in the right, in the good way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he does it on live camera, you know, because yeah, the Joker's telling him, you know, on, like, uh, we're friends, you know, I only, you exist because I exist, and I exist because you exist. I'm your greatest fan, and the Batman freaks out. Um, Batman gets unhinged. Yeah, Joker he's becomes, totally. Joker like, runs for city council. And it's probably going to win. Um, some, you find out there's two Harleys. Some would venture to say he's batshit crazy. Ah, he's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but it's it's really cool. Like, there's two Harleys. Yeah, explain the two Harleys thing. Okay, so, like, they explained it that in Joker's early years, you know, he went to Arkham Asylum. He gets treated, or not treated, but, you know, uh, seen he, by Dr. he gets Harley. seen by Dr. Harleen Quinzel. Who becomes Harley, the first Harley Quinn, and you know she's she's sane, she just has total Stockholm. Oh like, yeah, like where she's, she's just in like, love with him. Yeah, yeah, she loves him, but she doesn't. But she still understands that he has a problem. Mm-hmm. So she's with him the whole time, doing stuff with him or whatever. But she knows behind everything that he's gonna need help no matter what. Then at one point, Harley leaves him. And he has no clue, like, the difference between Harley and some random blonde on the street. So he goes to rob this bank. You know, he goes to rob the joint. And the chick that's behind the counter cutting up, you know, she's, like, totally, she doesn't like her life. Joker's at a point where he's alone. And, you know, he's willing to take anybody as Harley without even realizing it because he's so crazy. He doesn't, like, he loses track yeah, of every moment. No, like, like, without Harley, he goes even crazier. Yeah. So. so, like, one day he goes to rob a bank and the chick that's behind the counter, she's all depressed and, you know, she's cutting herself and this and that. And, uh, you know, she just makes the decision to play the role of Harley when he approaches her and calls her Harley. Mm-hmm. So she takes the role and runs with it and because she's crazy she's the version of harley that will like do the crazy stuff like shoot people mm-hmm. stab people Makes all that him other even stuff more violent than he was before yeah, yeah she enabled him and like that's the main thing like it drives home that concept of there's a there's a good 
Harley that was just playful, fun, but she loved him at the core and, and knew that he needed to be better. And kept him under control, though. Like she yeah. would talk him out of doing the really violent yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, like when Jason Todd got yeah, got yeah. Uh, murdered, yeah. air quote, <clears throat> she, uh, she was the one that went to Batman and was like, he's going to do it. Like, he's going crazy. Like you need to step. You need to step she told in. Told them where Joker and Jason were. Yeah. By the time they got back, it was too late. It was too late. And uh, well, but the thing is, though, was Jason was gone though. That's the thing about this comic. It's different. Batman didn't find Jason Todd's body in rubble. Yeah. He didn't. They didn't. Joker didn't kill Jason Todd's mom. At least they didn't come out and say that. Yeah. They just to get back, and Joker's just alone. Yeah. And there's blood everywhere. Yeah. So the, you know, you got to wonder, like, well, what's the storyline of this reality? Did Jason? Did he? torture Jason to the point he drove Jason crazy and then let him go. Yeah. Or did he just outright <clears throat> kill him and then dump yeah, or maybe, the body? Maybe the stuff in the events of that, that other uh, series do happen and they just didn't describe it well. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. Either, either way. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like they just, you know, they really put a different perspective on the way Harley is. Like, because you see in comics there was a massive change in how Harley behaved. There was a there was a cool, funny Harley, and then there was the violent, insane Harley. So like, they merged those two, and it's because there's two totally separate people. She's older than the, the, the newer Harley. What did she, the, the older Harley called her a little cheerleader. With yeah, the yeah, because that, she's because that's what she was. She was just a bimbo. Yeah, <laughs> like, and the older Harley has um, has her hyenas. Yep. You know, Yep. And, uh, she's, and like, she's much more classy. Yeah, oh yeah, like her apartment is like clean. Yeah. Like orderly, you know. Meanwhile, the new Harley is like totally ratty, living in the in the ghetto, and yeah. like yeah. And like the older Harley has like a dress that Batman bought her for yeah. her um, court hearings or whatever. Yeah. And like Batman like was really nice to her, like he bought her a dress. <laughs> yeah, he took care of her because he knew she was keeping the Joker on the street. But he did also like. He knew that she was keeping the Joker a little more sane. Yeah. That, that plays into that thing with the, the Batman, like, <clears throat> he knew he could have taken the Joker out anytime he really wanted to. If he really wanted to. Yeah. He could have taken care of it, but he didn't, because subconsciously, he wanted the Joker there. Right. He needed the Joker. Same way Joker needs him. <clears throat> yeah. So. But now, they, but now they're saying uh, in the comics, like, Harley, or the young Harley is saying, like, you know, you, Joker's gonna come back. Like you, you, we all think that he's fine now and whatever. Now that he, she's like, you know, the Joker's gonna come back. Like you, you guys think he might have overdosed and became good again, and then he's taking these new pills that are keeping him okay and this and that. But he's totally fine. Like he's, like he's gonna be Joker in like a week or two. Like you, you just wait. Like, 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 yeah, like, 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 my Joker is gonna come back, and she just, uh, she just keeps on driving this like agenda of hers forward because she's hoping that he's gonna come back and he's gonna take over Gotham again because right now he's just dominating the politics game. Oh, he is big time. And he sues, he sues the police department and the city for the damages. He's like, he, you know, he says, I went to the, this warehouse to turn myself in, and real, realistically, he didn't. Yeah. But, but he spun know, the story so, so perfectly. <laughs> oh, yeah. He went there to turn himself in, and this vigilante, the police took their vigilante on him. And Batman, <clears throat> he brings out all sorts of stuff. I mean, Batman's driving off across rooftops in his Batmobile, you know. Tearing the girl, ghetto up. Tearing the ghetto up. This little baby gets crushed by debris and has to spend, like, six months in the hospital to recover. Terrible. They, they take the baby and show her, you know, look, look, you know, 
she's better now, but she has spent like six months in the hospital because of Batman. And Nightwing and the current Batgirl are just like, you know, they're, they were, they've been trying to keep Bruce under control, but he's going for it. He's, he's just off the rails. And he's completely ignoring them. Like, he uses, he uses them as tools. Mm-hmm. You go here, you go here, but that's all he'll say to him. He won't really talk to him. You know, Alfred's dying. You know, Bruce is just losing it. Yeah, and completely. Then, and, you know, he's working with Mr. Freeze, and then they find out um, that, you know, th- there's... Back in World War Two. Yeah, they, uh, Poison Ivy, they, they break into the house, basically. Uh, they don't realize, of course, he's Bruce Wayne's Batman, but uh, they break into the house and they in the Wayne Manor, and they find a hidden room, uh, the Mad Hatter and young Harley. And, uh, and they find, like, Bruce basically finds out that his father was involved with the Nazis making super weapons. Yeah. And, and Mr. Freeze was one of them. And Freeze's parents were and Freeze Freeze's parents were Nazis. And Mr. Freeze was a Nazi. He probably still is a Nazi. He's actually like 85 years old or 80, yeah. you know, something like that. Well, he, yeah, cuz he was like at that time his parents were on the like the Nazi like upper oh, totem, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, long, and yeah. he was like he was like on soldier level at that time. So like you know, by the time he gets to America and he's like 50, 60 in this era, and yeah. he's still trying to take care of his wife and whatever. I mean, the thing is, like, even if they thaw her out, she still has that disease that she recently has, and there's still no cure for it. So they can't thaw her out because she's going to die anyway. Plus, um, it, so it was kind of, disease. It, yeah, it was kind of revealed in the, uh, in the last comic where um, no matter what, her aging process is irreversible. So if she were to come out of the... the freezing chamber she would just deflate into an old lady and die exactly yeah like it's yeah, terrible make, there's a really good uh quote uh by the joker in white Knight. he says he's like posturing or whatever he goes uh, i love gotham and it's time i paid her back for the debt owed by the joker the city deserved better than you better than the joker and better than the dark knight so i'm gonna be her white knight he's talking to batman about so it cool. and he says um he says, I know that many of you don't trust me, that no matter what I say, I'll always be the Joker, but I'm also your best bet in holding Batman accountable. No one knew Batman like the Joker. He says, let me help this city by using the insights he's given me. Let's turn the Joker's abilities into Gotham's advantage and stand up against the plague Batman has brought on us. Basically, they turn Batman, in, which is, and truthfully, he is in a way, you know, into a, you know, a dark vigilante. Like, a like super he's, criminal is what they started criminal. calling yeah, him. yeah. That's messed up. And, and, you know, because you look at I mean, it's true. Because at this point, you know, Bruce is like he's hurting people. You know, security guard goes, "Oh, the Joker went that way," and he picks up he picks up the security guard and just throws him out of the building and hurts his arm. And he's, he's like he's hurting people just to, to pursue people to pursue the Joker and pursue criminals and stuff like that. Right. You know, and he's he's overly violent. He doesn't care who he hurts. And he puts people in the hospital constantly through mm-hmm. his actions. He's driving the Batmobile, smashing cars. He's just reckless. You know. He's going down the street, he's knocking cars left and right and injuring people in the cars, making them go in the hospital. He's breaking people's arms. Yeah. You know, like, the collateral damage, you know, caused by a supervillain is one thing. You know, that, that's expected. Yeah. You're gonna, and you're going to have to clean you're going to feel bad for it. But when, like, it'd be the equivalent of Superman flying through a building, killing eight people just to get to a super criminal. You know, like... Well, like, the, yeah, that's the one thing they touch on early on in the story is... Uh, there's actually a dedicated fund in the city planning and whatever mm-hmm. that goes towards Batman-based events. Yeah, they redirected the, the fund, the hurricane relief fund and all sorts of stuff, which they've never used for hurricanes because there's never been a hurricane in Gotham, apparently. Right. 
but it's like three billion dollars, and it's and it goes straight to repairing the the damage the, by Batman. Yeah, but instead instead of being used like for the cops, and that's the other thing too is like, right, the Joker said, why don't you guys use the Batmobile technology? He confronts Jim Gordon. He's like, why don't you, why has he ever shared in a tech with you? Has he ever given you tech? He's like, why don't all police officers have Batman's Kevlar? You know, do you know how many lives that would have saved over the years? Yeah. You know, why don't all police vehicles have Batmobile, you know, tracking devices and, you know, the ability to, like, you know, turn a corner at 90 degrees at 50 miles an hour, stuff like that, stuff that would have helped you. Right. You know, instead, he keeps it all to himself because, you know, he wants to be Batman. He wants to play. Yeah. And that's what it is. He and wants he's to be right. the only I mean, if you look at it, like, if you look at it from the Joker's perspective, or Jack Napier's perspective, it's incredible how well he articulates it. Yeah. And like from the, from the view of somebody that's you know like I like Batman comics but I don't read them a lot you yeah. know yeah because I, I don't know I, I just don't you know I'm more of a Marvel kind of guy yeah I'm not a fanboy I just like Marvel but if you read the uh, if you look at it from like an outsider's point of view yeah Batman seems like a dick yeah he seems I mean, like a seriously. complete jerk you know and like it it comes out in multiple instances where like people of the community are like. Fuck are you, yeah, yeah, Batman? Are you, Batman? <laughs> yeah, like, you know, he hurt me. You know, he he beat me up for no reason. You know, he he broke my arm because he thought I had information on the Joker, but I didn't. I was just passing by. He grabbed me and just broke my arm. You I, know, I can't afford these <laughs> medical bills. Like, yeah, exactly. He, like, he's literally people are losing their homes and their businesses because of his actions. Yeah, you know, and it's just the the reaches. It's interesting because it does t- kind of touch on a certain point of the superhero genre where they ignore the collateral damage. And in this day and age, we're not. Like, we read into that more and more. You know, yeah. like, we're a little more... In, I don't want to say we're smarter than people back then, because we're not. I mean, I'm... I'm, I'm we're not, just more aware. More aware. Yeah, I think we're more aware, you know. Plus, we're also adults reading this. You know what I mean? We're not, like, little That's, kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know, little kids can gloss over a fire going on in the background. If, if, if well, yeah, there, like, you know? I, f- I think, like, back in the day when, uh, you know, during, like, the 80s and 70s and 60s even, when kids were reading comics and stuff, it was the moments where, like, they'd be like, hey, Dad, look. And then the dev would be like, oh, that would never happen. That's so unrealistic because of this. And now, like, it's like we are that dad that was like, that'll yeah, never happen. That'll never happen, yeah. But we use that to turn it into a story. That's like, true, yeah. That's why it's so cool. I have to apologize for the background noise. We're, uh, uh, Mike and I and our, our alter egos, we raise money for charity at hospitals across the Midwest. And we're in a <laughs> hospital right now, so occasionally there's background noise. Uh, we meant to record last night at the hotel, and we were lazy and, uh, I, I listened to music and wrote, and he played Minecraft. So. Yeah, <laughs> it was bad. Worth it? Yeah, definitely. Worth it. <laughs> you built you built a pyramid with your girlfriend on Minecraft. I did. Uh, Carmichael Carrera Carrera Tia Carrera Tia Carrera. <laughs> Carmen doesn't listen to this anyway. She don't care. She's not gonna no. listen to your crap podcast. <laughs> no, she won't. She won't. She's like, I've had enough. I would, I would literally have to like make her. Like, I would have to like go to her like phone and like type it in and like bring it up. Cause she ain't gonna look it up. Yeah, but. Kelly. Kelly listens. My my wife is an artist. She listens to our stuff sometimes. Maybe, maybe at a, I just boredom at work. You know, art supply stores aren't exactly super super busy. You know, uh, my friend Jay Clark, by the way, the Jedi Raz. Uh, Jay had hit his three hundredth episode of his podcast. Oh. You know, it's kind of go off topic for a second. Um, and Jay got Ralph Garman. As his 300th uh, podcast oh. interview, and Ralph Garman is like, you know, he does stuff with uh, Kevin Smith. Ralph has his own shows. He's a really good voice actor in Hollywood, and he's really cool. So that was cool. Like we have a couple of friends who do podcasts. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna do a podcast probably, uh, and 
we'll probably get roped in at Motor City Comic Con to doing a podcast or two. If I can get Mike over there, it's it's difficult, you know, scheduling wise. Mike's such a busy man. Always. <laughs> yeah, Jay Clark's podcast is called An Elegant Weapon. You know, <laughs> from that Star Wars line. An elegant weapon for a, a better time or whatever. Yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. That is he's a really neat little good. name. And he's up to 300 episodes. It's pretty sweet. I mean, M-Class M- M- Podcast is doing the same thing. They're up there, too. they got a ton of episodes. You know, they're doing great stuff. And uh, some of the other podcasts I listen to have been really plugging along. Doing really good. We got our first response on uh, YouTube. That was uh, hilarious. Which was our very first YouTube response to one of our uploads was a, kind of a, a snarky remark about how... Uh, and I don't, apparently at some point during our Battlefield 1942 episode, I had said something... Uh, about like oh yeah Battlefield Battlefield was so, so sloppy you could take a bazooka to the face and survive and somebody took that literally and was like uh, um, you, you actually can, actually you cannot take that to the face <laughs> it would kill you and you know they never did that unless um, it was modern unless it was which modern it wasn't. Way, which it wasn't <laughs> you know it was pretty funny and I was just like yeah okay <laughs> yeah, I read that it's pretty funny though, it's, it's, and that's cool though. It's people who are free to free to respond. I'm gonna have to take Paul's Paul from the Continue Show. I'm gonna have to take his uh, advice and just never read the YouTube comics again. <laughs> comments, I should say. Yeah. yeah. Reading the YouTube comments just leads to sadness. Yeah. Uh, it's it, a toxic it, place. It's, it's a toxic place. <laughs> yeah. really but um, I think that's gonna be it for this week. We have a little short episode, only about a half hour. Usually we're a little bit longer, but we're on site and. Uh, can find us online and reach us via email at don'tfeedaftermidnight at protonmail.com. We're on Twitter at, at dfampodcast now as well. On YouTube, we're Don't Feed After Midnight. Very simple. <laughs> but we're starting to upload the older episodes onto YouTube now that I finally figured out how to do, how to do that properly. It's not a complete train wreck. Um, so you can find us on there. Send us an email if you think there's something you want us to talk about or you have questions or you just want to shout out be a jerk to us, that's okay. We're used to that. We've worked in retail for a long time. So <laughs> have a great one.